Blog Talk Radio. Hello there. Tonight's episode putter for Ready to Unload, number 174, are the Yayas, a fun folk duo with great songs. And they are playing live in New York, in Brooklyn Heights, on Saturday, May the 17th, at First Acoustic. So go to wearetheyayas.com for details on that show. Okay, now, Ready to Unload with Callan Sam Pete Nice. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> We're tonight's entertainment. Let me explain. No, there is too much. Let me sum up. Johnny and the mothers are playing something at the Savoy in Vermont tonight. Berman's gonna kill my brother at the Savoy Theater tonight. I didn't say that. No, but I know this grapevine. Why would I put it there? Kindness? 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 You stole it! He stole it! We have top men working on it right now. Who? Coming to you live from Comac, New York, Bayside, New York, and Freehold, New Jersey. It is Thursday night. It is 10 p.m. It is time for Ready to Unload with Cal and Sam Pete, New York Sports Talk Podcast. Nice. Hi, everybody. I'm Sam Pete. Hello. And welcome to May. May 1st. Stick it to the man or something like that. May Day. Um, It is great to be here. Uh, tonight we have a ton of sports to talk about. We're going to get right to it in a couple of minutes. Episode number 174, Ready to Unload, with Cal and Sam Pete. Okay, great. Talking New York sports nice. That's it. Let's bring in the co-host. Because there is, I mean, there's so much to get to tonight. We may have our first Cal. fight on this show. That's him. We may have our first fight on this show since we couldn't decide what color to paint the RTU lounge. There he is. Direct from a letter signing engagement in in Poughkeepsie, New York. He didn't sign autographs, he signed letters. All day. Mr. Brian Calneva. Calpino Caliente. Hi Bri. Hi, Steve. Hi there. Hello. How are you? I'm good. You're looking well. Well, you too. That's a fine looking Mets hat you have on tonight. See, we're not gonna fight. We are gonna brawl. Oh, stop. It is radio podcasting in your face. They don't like each other. (laughs) We've never played that angle. Four and a half years, 174 episodes. We've never played the they don't like each other angle. We're not playing face off tonight? No. (laughs) One of the 37 SNY name shows. (laughs) 
Face off. Followed by head to head. In the batter's box. Opposing viewpoint. Tip off. There's been this show on SNY in here in New York where that they have tried every format for a head-to-head sort of yelling at each other fest between two New York sports talking. We're not doing that. Coin toss. <laughs> Coin toss is the, is the weakest one, like the weakest name you could possibly think of. Like, it's 50-50. <laughs> it could go either way. Uh, yeah. Uh, hey, buddy, how are you? Good, good. It's been a good week. It's been a huge week. We have next week, next Thursday night. We're gonna t- we're gonna talk about it later, Cal. But this this thing is really gaining steam. Yeah, I don't want this to be a trap show, though. Because it's a, it's it, it is a trap, be a trap show. show. Let's not look past this show. No, this we got to focus on this week because for it's next a big show. week. That's right. And then after tonight, we can then look to next week. Then we can worry about it. I feel right. like we're. I feel like if we come out and punt like four times in the first twenty minutes of this show. We'll know, it's, we'll know it's a trap show. That's right. It's a trap. It's a trap show. Someone's going to sneak up on us. Herm, Herm Edwards would be all over this show. It's a trap. <laughs> That's all. We've got a trap show. They look, they're looking past it. It's a trap show. It's a trap. You're going to fall into the trap? You're going to fall out of the trap. It's a trap show. Next week's a big week. It's a big week. That's for sure. Everybody this knows. This week's it. just as big. <laughs> so next week we are doing a, a live joint podcast from a bar called Five Mile Stone here in New York City. On the Upper East Side, it's a new bar. It's on 85th and 2nd, 1642 uh, 2nd Avenue. The place looks amazing. The food is supposedly fantastic. And we're going to be with our guys, TurnOnTheJets.com, Joe Caparoso and all his writers, all going to be there. We're doing a joint podcast with them. We're watching the NFL draft. But we'll talk other sports if, if the mood hits us. Um, and we have craft beers on tap that night being featured at Five Milestone by Gunhill Brewery, the Gunhill Brewery Co., which is a new craft brewery up in the Bronx that an old friend of mine from uh, – actually, two friends of mine from my, my baseball playing days have opened. They're doing great with it. They opened back in October, and um, it's really – it's going to be awesome. We're featuring a couple of craft brews on tap. 8 o'clock, come down. There's no cover charge. There's no fee. There's none of that jazz. Just come down. Check out the event page on Facebook um, and like Turn on the Jets and go like Gunhill Brewery and go like Five Mile Stone. And there's a lot of people just uh, sort of helping each other out to have a good time that night. Think of it as like a normal night out watching the draft. Have a couple of beers, eat some food. It's going to be a lot of fun. Our buddy Jay Mafalik of the Yaya's is going to be producing and be behind the glass again. We're going to stream live. It's going to be really cool. But I mean, this thing picked up. So we didn't even have a place as of Monday. We knew we just wanted to do it with uh, Joe Cap and, and the boys at TOJ. And then everything. I got my friend Dave Lopez, one of the co-owners of uh, Gunhill Brewing Co. involved, and he took the ball and ran, which is appropriate, Cal, because he's a former cornerback for the University of Pennsylvania. So okay. he may get drafted by the Jets because <laughs> they need a corner. So anyway, that's next week. Uh, the show will be live. Check it out. And um, now on to this show. This is a huge show because there are literally two things that I am 
busting to talk about. I mean busting. So I want to bring in, I'm going to bring in the bishop. Let's bring in the bish. That's his theme music. Dish it up. The Bishop Big Donut Cab Cow. You know, when we finally do this show on stage, I, I, I really hope that we can play that song, and then as I walk out on stage and make my grand entrance, the audience just applauds as I <laughs> walk they all in. Know. Right. They all right. know it's your theme song. Well, that we would know, be super for the RTU sitcom, I mean, you know, and I'll, we, have, I'll we, have all my catchphrases. <laughs> Were you just scatting, by the way? That's going to be one of the things I do. The, re- the way you know <laughs> that I'm coming onto the scene is that you... Well, that could only be one person. Hey, Bishop's here. Or Fat Albert. Hey, hey, hey. I don't that, think that would go over well. That had a little circle. fat Al- that had a little fat Albert to it. So I you only know what? Do three impressions. I just bend them either way. <laughs> but they, but they somehow those three impressions serve everyone. Exactly. So like Put that gun down. <laughs> right. <laughs> so that that Tommy Lee Jones has to work uh, if I ask you to do Harrison Ford. Has to work. <laughs> Or I could do, what if Harrison Ford was playing Fat Albert? That's right. <laughs> I think it would go something like this. Hey, hey, hey. Get off my plate. <laughs> did you just turn around and mess up your hair first before you did that? <laughs> because all impressions, no matter what you do, that's, that's the first thing you do. That's the you gotta, international you do the dramatic head yeah. turn. Right. Yeah. Now turn your back, mess up the hair, and then you do whatever it's what is he going to do? Did you just say, hey, 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 get off my plane? <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> you asked I'm for it. You, I'm glad you caught that. Nailed it. Nailed it. <laughs> uh, Bishop Big Donut, uh, we're going to bring you back in a couple of minutes when we talk about Donald Sterling, because I really want to get your take on that. That's a, that's a, a sort of wheelhouse thing for you. Wheelhouse, that's another one. Wheelhouse, hot topic. That's another one of the shows on SNY. That my wheelhouse? I don't feel like that's my wheelhouse. No, just off. What, racism? (laughs) Racism. Right up your alley. (laughs) No, it's it's where, you know, kind of sports and uh, political correctness and pop culture and all these things sort of meet. Deep drive. (laughs) <laughs> okay, we got it. <laughs> tee off. Are we good? The first tee. <laughs> uh, so we're gonna we're gonna bring you back when we rushing get the story. mound. <laughs> Not that one. No, that's char- charging the mound. Charging the mound. That's what I meant. Yeah, this is why you're the pop culture guy. Right. <laughs> I I'm going to ask for a uh, another Fat Albert impression too. By the way, later in the show, just be prepared. Absolutely not. All right. Do, uh, do you have Listen. big unload? What? Yes. Go. What? What did I say? Did, well, we can come back to this. Go ahead. When, when we get a, when we get a pregnant pause in the show, did you know that Joe Namath is sponsoring an appliance, an extremely overpriced appliance with his name on it? 
It's magnificent. We're going to have to talk about that at some point. Yes, we are absolutely coming back to that. Let's talk about that in the two-minute warning. (laughs) (laughs) Bottom of the ninth. Time to sink the putt. (laughs) Well done. Good job. Nice drop in. (laughs) Welcome to get in the hole. Ace is dropping. Good job. All right, we'll talk to you. We'll talk to you in a bit. We're gonna do the big unload. Beautiful. I I love your body. All right, uh, Cal. The big unload tonight is obvious, and it's huge. So you and I have been talking about this uh, for three days since this came out on Monday. The New York Mets uh, sent out a letter to their. Uh, email subscribers. So it's a couple hundred thousand people, I would imagine. Um, And it was an open... I got it. I sent it to you immediately. And I said, check this out. It was an open letter to Met fans. And it reads something like a... It looks like a loyalty oath. Or or some people called it a pledge of allegiance to the Mets or something. I called it that. Right. I... (laughs) That was me. (laughs) I like the way you raised your hand slowly there. That was uh, that was mine. Guilty as charged. Um, so I I read this. There's the two sides here are I. <laughs> every Met fan was incensed. It seemed as if the Mets, in a very admittedly amateurish way, were sort of asking their fans, telling their fans hey, look, this team's pretty good. You should come back out to the ballpark because all these former world champion Mets are telling you how great it is when the fans really get behind the team. Look, I'm not going to pretend that there wasn't a lot in that letter that couldn't piss Mets fans off. I'm not going to pretend that at all. I just took it at, I signed the letter because it was a, to me, it was just a contest about the Subway Series. And at the end of the letter, it was sign this letter if you think that the fans make a difference and can help a ball club. And if you, and if you sign the letter, you're entering a contest, you can present the letter at City Field on the first night of the Subway Series to the team as a fan representative to the team saying, we support you guys, the current Mets. Go Mets. Proud to be a Mets fan. And clearly, I'm doing it wrong. So, <laughs> you and I have been going back and forth for three days. Every, every spare moment I have to text message has been spent text messaging you about this. Literally, there are like 250 text messages back. And if this was like a crime, if this ever turned into a crime, <laughs> if they took my phone, they would be like, oh. All he talks about is the Mets in this open letter. That's all he's... I, I think we're fine. He yeah. hasn't committed any crimes. That's all he's talked to anybody about via text message. Uh, you have a different opinion. So you're going to try to talk me into... Not talk me into, but explain to me why... Maybe what is the point I'm missing? I didn't have a problem with this. I viewed it as a marketing campaign and a contest. Is it good? Is it good marketing? No, I think we both agree it's not great marketing. But it's a contest, trading on the fact that Curtis Granderson said true New Yorkers are Mets fans. 
trying to create some juice for the Subway series. That, but you know, before you before you do that, you know what I don't like lately, and I've been seeing a lot of. What's that? This statement: If you're not reading such and such, you're doing it wrong. You're doing yeah. It's a it's a variation on the old. You're lost. Yeah, wake up. You're not paying attention. Yeah. Right. If you're not reading this columnist, you're doing it wrong. Uh, Really? Do you have to demean? Do you have to belittle me? (laughs) Right from the get-go. I mean, just, just tell me that it's a good columnist. It's so smug. Like, it's so like, I'm doing it right, and you're doing it wrong. I am more informed and get my opinions in a better way than you do. If you're not watching blah, 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 you're doing it wrong. And you're an idiot. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that it's under... A, it's in parentheses. It's such a sense. personal attack. It really is. Un- unnecessarily. This, this, file this right under my... My favorite Facebook status, statuses, stati, stati, yeah, <laughs> which lead off with "Wake up." Okay, sure, sure. So anyway, tell me why I'm doing it wrong. I don't even know you, and you're a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> because you don't believe what I believe. Anybody who happens across my timeline, you're an idiot. Wake up. Uh, okay, so where where do we want to go with this? What do you want to What do you want to hear from me? Because I, actually, no. But before that, it's here's the question that I need clarified after the last seventy two hours of being confused out of my mind on your stance on this. Confused out of my mind, can't type fast enough on an iPhone. <laughs> it makes me feel very old, by the way, that I cannot type that fast on an iPhone. Yeah, no, I, I should be able to do it. I'm doing it wrong. Uh, maybe I'm doing it wrong. Yeah. If you can't type fast on an iPhone, you're doing it wrong. Well, okay, maybe. <laughs> In that case, I might be doing it wrong. That's right. And you stink. <laughs> <laughs> Can you explain to me what you mean? Because I'm having a hard time reconciling the two things that you've said here about how you have you're, you're defending it. You you are vehemently defending. You don't like it. I but didn't, you're defending it. I never said I liked I liked it or don't like it. I'm, well, you I'm, have I'm, to. It's got it's got to be one. You have to either like it or not like it. I'm defending it. All right, go ahead. I I I I neither like it or don't like it. I don't have a problem with it. I didn't have a problem with it. But I'm defending it, uh, defending it so vehemently because it's under attack, I think, for the wrong reasons. I, I just think it's under attack. You know what Francesa started to do today made more sense to me. He attacked it because it was the Mets tweaking the Yankees. Not because it was a loyalty oath or whatever, because it's not a loyalty oath. It's a contest. Nowhere in it does it say in there to pledge your allegiance to the Mets. Nowhere. So I, to answer your question, 
I don't like it or dislike it. I don't think it's well done marketing or, or marketing well done for the Mets, but that's not surprising. But I, I just don't have a big problem with it. I didn't take it as them saying to me uh, some sort of embarrassing pep rally call. They're drumming up interest for the Subway Series. They're tweaking so, their rivals. So today we're issuing a call to all Mets fans. Yeah. Show your New York Mets pride. Stand up and say you're a true New Yorker. Yeah, you're a Mets fan. Yeah. Okay. That's not pep rally-ish to you? Is, is, it, is it wrong to ask Mets fans? Look, there's been, there's been an awful lot of Mets fans that are pretty down on the team. I don't, I don't know what's wrong with saying to Mets fans, hey, you know what? Be proud to be a Mets fan. Stand up. Say you're a Mets fan. This is a team that doesn't embrace its history, right? Except it has 11 guys from their championship games as part of this promotion. You know, I don't know what's wrong with a team saying to its fan base, stand up and say you're a Mets fan for the Subway Series using Curtis Granderson's little tweak. Okay, well, then let's... let's... And, and please, you have an, if you have it in front of you, please read the line. I'm reading it. No, no, no. <laughs> Let me finish. Oh. Please read the line about signing it. Sign this if you. It's down near the bottom, right, right above Ed Charles. If you agree that the fans have a role to play in making amazing things happen, add your name to this letter. What is wrong with that? There's nothing wrong with it. What is wrong with asking your fan base... Or what, why, is, what is wrong with discussing with your fan base? That, well, this is not a discussion, first of all. It's a, it's a letter saying we, we did great things when the fans were there and the stands were filled and right. there was excitement about the team. We did great things. We got to sign here if you agree that great things can happen when you, and, and you're a part of it. They, they talk about in the letter how they fed off the fans in the stands. They would talk about it in the clubhouse, right? Mm-hmm. What's wrong with that? They're giving fans ownership of their victories. Let me ask you a question. Yes. Seven. You want me to ask? I, I can ask you seven questions very easily. <laughs> We're going to start with one. I was giving you the answer to your question. Oh, that, was, that wasn't the... No, when you hear the question... You're going to feel like an idiot. You're doing it wrong. You're just doing it. You just answered it wrong. Do you need six or seven former Mets to tell you that your support matters? I don't need it, no. As a, you're, it's a contest. Okay. Oh, good. That's, that's the next piece I want to get to. A contest. Great. All right, let's look at this. <laughs> did you just rub your hands together? I sure did, like I was sitting down to a hearty <laughs> meal. Here we go. That's, you, the, that's the international sign for you're ready to dig in. Exactly. When you're going to do an impression, you turn around and mess your hair up. When you're going to dig into a meal, you sit down and do the... 
That's it. Or you get your fork and your knife in both hands and you hit them on the table. Right. You got the napkin tucked in under right. your chin. Yeah. You're all set. All ready to go. Contest. You you have been that's that's the big one that you've been using a lot. Contest. It's a contest. It's a contest. What's wrong with it being a contest? And you're absolutely right. 100% right. It is a contest. Right? When do you find out in this letter that it's a contest? The line after, sign this if you agree, that, the me- that fans can help make amazing things happen. Right. One, one fan will get to present the letter to the Mets at City Field on the night of the Subway Series. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven paragraphs into this open letter to Mets fans. Remember, you received this email as an open letter to Mets fans. Right? Yes. This was not an email marketing campaign like they've done so many times enter this sweepstakes enter this contest we've got this great new promotion that you want to hear about this was passed off as an open letter to Mets fans and seven paragraphs into that letter you're asked to sign the letter with a chance to win uh, uh, to present the letter on the field to the, to the Mets. That, that's where the sweepstakes or the contest part is. Yeah. You got it. I didn't get it when I first read this. It took me a couple of times to realize when you kept, you kept trumpet, trumpeting it as a contest, it took me a little bit longer to realize, oh yeah, you're right, it is a contest. Most people still don't realize it's a contest. Is, is there a reading comprehension problem? or I mean, it's right there. Really? Did they not read to the end of the letter? Uh, I, I did, and I did not see it as a contest. See, I don't think a lot of people read to the end of the letter. I really don't. Okay, well, here... I think, uh, they, I, were, I think they were so incensed and affronted that the Mets were asking them to be Mets fans. How dare they? That they stopped reading the letter. Maybe. I, I just, I don't, I don't, I don't, how could you read that line and not know it's a contest? I read it once. And Quick, I quickly, not, probably, sure. I didn't know what it was. Like, what is this? What is, this? I, I couldn't, I couldn't figure it out. So there's my first problem. Okay. I, and I said, I, I said to you, is it good marketing? No, it's. it's but it is marketing. It's bad marketing. It's not. I don't just, think it's bad marketing. It's it's done poorly. I think it's fine. Okay. But why is it bad marketing? Why because is it I, bad? Why is it bad to? Because you didn't realize it was a contest. Yes. It's okay. Not, uh, All right. No, that's fair. That's fair. How about this? How about? <laughs> seems not, like I'm the only person who does realize it's a contest. <laughs> I, I told you it's a contest. I I get that it's a contest. What I'm telling you is it's the, the marketing was ineffective. If they were trying to, if, if their goal was for people to know this was a contest, they failed right. because it was done poorly. Right. That's fair. I'm not, I, I, I didn't argue, and I'm not going to argue with you 
at all. But I'm not going to disagree with you that it's bad marketing or that their, that their approach – it's the same thing about the true New Yorker thing. That's the second thing. Let's talk about that. Right? So they, they took this little blurb, which was a throwaway line at Curtis Granderson's introductory press conference with the Mets, right? which we all loved. Which was when? When did he sign with the Mets? November. Okay. And we all loved it. We all thought it was great. Um, And they took that and they played it. They're playing it into this contest and into this marketing campaign that you declare yourself a true New Yorker and say you're a Mets fan because true New Yorkers are Mets fans. And it was great. It's for the Subway Series. The contest is for the Subway Series. Again, I will not disagree with you that it's poorly marketed. I think, I think the idea that you didn't realize or – I mean, you didn't realize it because you read it hastily and then you read it again. You're like, oh, it's a contest. I think people three days later still not knowing it's a contest or saying it's a contest or acknowledging that it's a contest, a marketing campaign for a contest is a little silly. It's a little silly. Okay? It's not that bad. It's right there. I know it's at the end of the letter, but it's right there. What is this? Is this a marketing campaign or is it a contest? It's a marketing campaign for a contest. Th- then they did a really bad job. Every Take a look at – I've just seen marketing like this for so many teams for contests like this. You've got to give me an example because I don't, I don't recall anything the, like this. The Jets do it all the time. The Jets do it all the time. Where well, the Jets did that dopey thing where getting everybody to say J-E-T-S in the, in the stadium. Right. So, what did you think of that? So something like, again. But what did you think of that? That was a very similar thing. Where right. They, they took a month and a half to tell you what the actual contest was. And, they, and, and what did I think of that? I, I wasn't offended by it. You said it was bad, you know, badly, badly run marketing campaign. You think it was dumb? No. Just like I don't think this is dumb. I know what they're trying to do. They're just doing it poorly. And they should have made the true New Yorker thing the big deal. And mentioned Curtis Granderson somewhere in there. I mean, you didn't, you didn't need the ex-players. You didn't need the ex-champion players for this marketing campaign. You needed Curtis Granderson. Is a Met now. You know, again, I know what they're trying to do. They're trying to generate interest in the Subway Series. So it's, not, so it's So there's not 50% Yankee fans there. And, and in, in the last three years, it's been 70% Yankee fans. Because the Mets stink. Or have stunk. This, this, seems to have become, though, a – the reaction is that the Mets are offending. Like, ownership is offending the fan base. And Mike Vaccaro wrote a whole article about anger is good, apathy is bad. Yeah, no kidding. We've been saying that forever. But that doesn't mean you're going to be angry at everything. I mean, do you, do you – Brian, do you honestly think that the ownership – and the general manager, do you really think they don't know that if they win, fans will come? I mean, do you really think they don't get that? Should they not make any marketing attempts or promotional attempts for the team until they're winning? No, that's ridiculous. 
every promotional or marketing attempt that this team makes gets killed. Everyone. Now, this one is getting killed way more than most. And for some good reasons. But what are they supposed to do? Do it, you know what they're supposed to do? Do it better. Fine. Do it better. Fine. That's what they're supposed to do. Do and it better. You're a professional sports team in New York City, the media capital of the world. You should have access to the best marketing people around. Do it better. That's fair. Stop doing it amateurishly. That's, That's fair. it. I, see, I didn't find it to be amateurish. I just found it to be bad. Because they didn't get their point across. It's not amateurish to ask your fan base to be fans of the team, especially this team, especially lately. All right, I've got two. There's two things that I want to talk about here. The first is the true New Yorker thing. By not putting the phrase true New Yorker in quotes, and that's all it would have taken, put it in quotes as a wink, wink, nod, nod to what Granderson said seven months ago that everybody's probably forgotten about because it was seven months ago. Five, but sorry. It was seven. <laughs> Didn't he sign at the end of November? And it's May. So it's May 1st. It's May. Six it's months. November. Let's settle in the middle. <laughs> Split the baby, fine. We, we uh, agreed on mauve for the RTU lounge, by the way. Just in case anybody... We wanted blue and orange. PJ wanted some sort of green that was... Like mixed in with fuchsia. It was really weird. And he wanted black lighting and not doing that, Peach. It's a lounge, not a, you know, a head shop. Anyway, uh, yes, yeah, so six months ago, yes, I, I totally agree. I totally agree with that. That's not, but that's not amateurish. That's just bad. No, no, what's, what's amateurish is, is, the pep, is the pep rally nature of it. Why? Because what is wrong with asking your fan base to be fans of the team? Because you're asking your fan base to be fans of the team. They're already fans of the team. Are they, Bri? Yes. Are they? Well, really? How much have we talked about how badly this fan base sucks right now? Well, are they? Are they really? I hate ownership. You know this. You know this. This is not what this is about. This fan base has grown to a malcontent level that is palpable in the stands when you go to the game. They just had the New York Times thing come out with the map of fan bases. Right? You know, our buddy Dan sent us that. Did you see that, that map? Oh, of, yeah. yeah, yeah. Sure. There are no Mets fans in New York. There's no Mets fans in Queens. <laughs> There's a pocket on like Bell Boulevard around the corner from me. That's it. I you, mean, do you, do I mean, you believe? How many Mets fans are standing up on the chairs screaming, other than Seven Line, right? Other than Darren Meehan, how many Mets fans are standing on a chair screaming, I'm a Mets fan right now? They don't even do it at the games, at their own games. You're asking fans to that are already fans. Yeah, well, they have a funny way of showing it. 
I'm not asking the Mets fan base to be Pollyanna. I'm not asking them to look. I I'm still disgusted every time I see number eleven at shortstop. Disgusted. But I'm rooting for his success. No, you're not. Sure, I am. <laughs> you're you're rooting for the Mets' success. I, when he's up at the plate, Cal, I want him to get a hit. You, but oh, you want him, but you want you want him to get a hit because he's a Met. Of course. You don't want him to get a hit because you want Ruben Tejada to be an All Star. You're missing the point, though. I don't want him to fail so I can be right about him. Right. Of course. I, of course I want him to get a hit because he's a Met. I want to win games. I don't care how they do it. Right. My point is, that's, that's missing in this fan base right now. The other, the other thing that I wanted to bring up yes. is... We have, we have Elwood on hold, too, by the way. Okay. So we'll, we'll finish your thought, and then yeah. we'll take Elwood. Yeah, that's fine. I who, just... who is a Mets fan in Indianapolis? We oh, definitely we definitely have five minutes for Elwood tonight. Definitely. If he, I would be curious to see if he got this letter and if he has thoughts on it. Then. That's exactly what we'll ask him. He pro- Ooh. See, back on back on the same page. Back on that. track. See, that's how quick it happens. The second thing I wanted to bring up. Yes. Is when I went to the season ticker season ticket holder meeting. <laughs> not back. easy to say. No, it's not. Put that on a T-shirt. Ooh. February. Back in February. Yes. They had their annual uh, roundtable discussion with the Brain Trust of the Mets. Sure. The Ivy League. Uh, the Yeah. The, the smart guys. Yeah. They, um, one of the things that Sandy Alderson said that was pretty, it left, a, it left an impression on me, was this idea that Improving the Met payroll was directly tied to more fans coming to the ballpark. Yeah, he's talked about this, right? Yeah, and it I'm was surprised ju- he talked about it that night with season ticket holders. But yeah, it was it was it was an odd it was an odd time to bring it up too because here are the season ticket holders, <laughs> people who are paid, <laughs> who have paid for all 81 games, so you, they can't do more. Right? Haven't we done enough? But they, but he did make that he did make that comment, and it kind of you know the tone in the room they didn't really take that comment well. Mm-hmm. It was kind of like well you know what, what more do we need to do? Put some money into the team, and then you'll get people to come. And it was almost like Sandy Alderson was saying, well we can't put more money into the team until you come. So he was like putting the onus on the fans. He was kind of removing the accountability from the organization and putting it on the fans. And now you get this letter from the team imploring you to show up and support the team. And it's just, that's where the desperation piece of it comes in for me is like, they're, they're not begging, but they're, they're strongly imploring. Please come support us. We need your support. We need your support because if you support us financially, we'll do better as an organization and then maybe we can improve the team. That's, and that's fair. I understand that. That, can, rubs, that rubs me the wrong Can I ask one thing, though? That's how, and, you, and, and you know what? That's completely fair. It's completely I'm, fair. Again, I'm, and I'm, I, am, I am just 
I'm speaking for myself. No, no, that I'm rubs that rubs me the, that rubs me the wrong way too, and I'm sure it rubs Met fans the wrong way, and I'm sure they see these two things together and they get peanut butter and chocolate, and it and it's exactly what it's supposed to be on their neck. On their neck. It's no, that rubs me the wrong way too, because the idea is if you put a better product out there, we will come. But no, but a, a, addendum to that that I'd like to just ask you about. This team has been awful at home. Awful. Do you think a letter and a campaign and a contest like this has anything to do with that? Trying to get the team to play better at home? Absolutely. To get fans to come out to the park and say to the fans, we play better when you're there. These, te- these teams did... We play better when you're there. When you're there and you're supporting us. Well, well, that's a, that's a big distinction because you can get that park filled with 40,000 people. And when somebody looks at a called third strike in a big spot in the game, 40,000 people are going to boo that guy. But they're not, they're not telling you not to boo in that letter. They want your support. They want you to come to the game. You know, putting 40,000 fans would be nice. Let them boo at a call third strike. You know, I, I just, I, I, I don't think they're telling them how to root when they get there. Well, they, not in this letter, no. They've been trying, you said it, that that was one of the things Alderson talked about at the season ticket holder Q&A meeting. It's hard to say. You gotta go slow, you gotta go slow. That was deliberate. Was that they were trying to get better at home and trying to figure out ways to get better at home. Right, and then they come out and lose the first three games of the season, which didn't help their case. In decisive fashion. Right. Um, all right, let's, let's, let's jump on Elwood. Re- well, not physically. Sorry. One, two, one, two, three, four. Elwood, 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 Elwood. Hi, Elwood. Hey, guys. What's up? And, How you uh, doing, brother? No, I, uh, pretty good. Pretty good. No, I, I didn't get the letter because Mets treat their Indianapolis fans like dirt. So, no, I didn't get anything. They they don't no, trust trust me. They, it's rough well, out there, here. I mean, there's, there's only all, – all you have to do is sign up for Mets.com. And I bet if it. I did, they still wouldn't send it to me because they'd see Indianapolis. And, uh, we – we get that a lot here. You know, you wow. go up to Fort Wayne. You go up to Fort Wayne. The Cubs send people down there. There's they, they grow that franchise. It's great. It's like you know, Fort Wayne's all about the Cubs. You go up to Muncie. Reds send over people. It's all about the Reds. You go down to Terre Haute, Indianapolis. Nobody comes here. It's 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 a bizarre bizarre baseball thing. You know. Like, I know I've said this before, but it's like when Flash Gordon landed on Mungle and everybody was fragmented and hated each other and was just waiting for somebody to follow. You know, it's kind of that way here with baseball, because I'm getting a little fed up with the Mets, too. And, you know, if we ever got a team in Indy, it's going to test my loyalty fast. <laughs> well, but, um, that's that, that's absolutely I, I, fair. I mean, if you get a team get there, a chance, you go on my uh, Twitter and check out the Mets picture I posted. You'll get a kick out of that. Oh, dear. But, um Elwood, can anyway. I ask you, I, I just want to ask you from, from an out-of-town Met fan perspective, uh-huh. what, is it, what is it about them 
that you're losing patience with? Well, the Wilpons, they're idiots. I don't like the way they're running the franchise. I don't like they're not spending the money. You're freaking New York. Spend the money. Get big names. Get big things. You know, get big plays. You know, we just can't keep saying, well, we've got David Wright. That's like doing a movie with a terrible cast and one good actor and saying, well, it's a good movie because we've got so-and-so. You know, I just want the Mets to start winning. I want them to start doing well. I'd like them to be a little bit more like, you know, the Yankees. You know, I don't I don't get it. And, and for all the world, when I go up to Chicago, I see how the White Sox are with the Cubs, and it's kind of that way in New York. It's like, you know, I don't, you know, I don't know too much about, you know, multiple teams, obviously, because of where I live, but I just, the Mets just need to get it together, and I think it just comes down to better leadership and spending more money, and I think it would, it, it irritates me because it's all fixable. There's no real problems here, you know. There, it, there's, there's, like, there's one, there's one, there's one big problem. There's one big problem, and that is the ownership uh, that you mentioned before, who, as you've listened to this program many a time, you know, I and Cal are no fans of. Um, don't don't have any money. It's no, they don't. And that's what's good. Because of that, well, you know, that guy, Bernie Madoff. It's Mado. not like Phoenix. You know, Phoenix is not a baseball town. Very yeah. few people are from Phoenix. It's a lot of people move there. Um, transient town, it's yeah. Not, it's a very transient drifters. place. It's not, not drifters, but, you know, you take your team with you. <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm and, kidding. Uh, it's like Florida. But I'm just saying the, the, the pool of money that's available to Phoenix is very limited. So sure. I, it's going to be hard to fix their problem with money. That's totally different than New York. A lot of people yeah. are from there. A lot of people move there. They have fans all over the country. You know, yep. find a D-back fan outside of Arizona. Good luck with that. There's Mets fans all over. I mean, Indy's full of Mets fans. You know, so it's like, I don't, it's it's just irritating. That's why I think the Wilpons need to go, you know, but they won't, you know. Uh, the, the little thing no, I they, posted, no, they won't. They won't. What I posted on Twitter is there's two people talking. At the top it says, Dear God, please let the Wilpons say something say racist. something racist, yeah. So, <laughs> uh-huh. I, 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 there, was, there, was one, there was one for our Islanders, too, for Charles Wong. Yeah, oh, yeah. I'd love for them to come dandy, too, because uh, hockey, we just got minor league hockey, and it's going off like gangbusters. They haven't even played a game yet. You know, and our, our, our soccer team and our minor league soccer team—they're selling out every game. So, yeah. I, but, oh well. but anyway, I just think the Mets—it's all fixable. But I just don't see it getting fixed. I think they're going to stay the White Sox in New York forever. You know, not I, with, yeah, not with this ownership. Not with this. Ownership, no, I don't, and I don't. Really and it's fixable. But you're right. If they don't have the money, they don't have the money. But I, you got to get you got to get fans back, and you got to get fans in there. And a letter's a yeah. stupid point. People don't care about. Look, guys, Pacers were practically begging for fans. They started winning. It was like I was fighting for tickets. You know. So uh, that's a bunch of bull. You start winning, and you get a good team, and people knock down the door. You know, yeah. I mean, but I mean, they, I but I mean, they they know that though. They when know I was that. A kid, when I was a kid, you could wait till after kickoff and get you a Colts ticket for ten bucks. Good yeah. Lord, now a Colts ticket's almost impossible to get. You know, I'm, I'm fighting. This. I have. I'm like, you know, I'm just, you know, so it's just win and do good, and you're, that's all it would take. You know, I think that's the biggest thing I hate yeah. about the Mets is nothing here is a genuine problem. You know. I, I watched the Pacer game tonight, and I was like, this is a really good team. 
what is the problem? You know, so it's, it, it, I think that's more frustrating than anything is when there's a fixable problem that's not getting fixed. Because I think we could all accept that if the team's no good, the team's no good. Or if you have no right. talent, you have no talent. That's right. a fact of life. But when it's all there, it, like, it kind of used a movie analogy. You know, it's like a movie with a good script and, and good talented actors, and the movie stinks. And you're sitting there going, <laughs> what the, you know. You know, like, they well, blow like this, that, right. well, like with the Green Lantern movie, talented people, big budget, fun concept. That thing was a piece of trash. You know, every <laughs> copy should be round up and burned. It was so bad. I think there's they no did reason that, for it. There's, I there, think they actually talented did that. People. Those were good special effects. That's a well-known, popular comic book franchise. You know, it sucked. So, you know, right. that's kind of like the Mets are the Green Lantern of the movie world. <laughs> you know, there's no reason for you to suck like this. Hey yeah, Elwood, while we but, while we get, while we got you, um, just a couple of of local sports things for you out in Indianapolis. The Pacers won tonight. They're back in the series. Yes, they three, did. Three. And I, what, and do you, what, what do you I think thought, in Game Seven? Oh, I am so pumped, guys. I'm going. It's here in Indy. No way am I missing it. I thought oh, about nice. you guys. I was at the bar watching the game, and the uh, Atlanta people were holding up pictures of Reggie Miller doing the choke sign, and oh. uh, somebody in the bar yelled, "Hey!" That's for smug, self-important Knicks fans, us to use on them. But people oh, are yelling, that's, that's for us to use on the smug, self-important Knicks. No, 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 no. Don't lump me in with Knicks fans. Do not lump yeah, me in with I mean, Knicks that's, fans. Well, I'm a Pacers fan, so you know I despise all Knicks fans. So that's just, and that's know, all that's fine, like, but I'm, I'm not yeah. one. So don't but, lie I mean, not. <laughs> but I'm just saying, I thought of you guys because everyone's bashing New Yorkers. You know, smug citizens, you know, because we have to put up with so much out of Knicks fans. You know, and oh, then, sure. oh gosh, so and do Pacer, we. And, oh, they're awful. They come here and call us hicks and stupid, and like what? Excuse me, you ain't got a hockey's team, and you ain't got a baseball team, and you ain't got good pizza, and I'm like, and you don't have the largest single-day race on planet Earth, and you don't have a tenderloin worth eating, and, you know, I mean, it's, it's irritating. But anyway, don't get me started. But, um, uh, yeah, um, great game. I feel like I'm we really did. proud of the Pacers, and I'm not worried about it, guys, because this is a good team, and there's yeah, something I hear going tenderloin. on. They're not telling us what. You just, you just, you can't bring up a tenderloin. You woke up and expect PJ to not chime in. Oh, PJ's, you didn't know Indianapolis is ground zero. You know, Philly has its cheesesteak and all this crap. Indianapolis is like the tenderloin. You know, it's right up there with the St. Elmo shrimp cocktail. You know, it's like. Oh, you'll get you one. PJ will get yeah. you one. If you come to New York, you'll get you a good tenderloin. No, ours are better, trust me. That would be like a He's... shrimp cocktail anywhere but Indianapolis, which is kind no, of ironic because we're landlocked, but. He's going, um, Elwood. He's coming. He's coming to you. He's oh, yeah, coming he to you to come. get the yeah, tender. Guys, you got to come see Andrew Luck do his surgery in Lucas Oil. The kid is amazing. I'm like, well, that's oh. how we. That's how we can wrap it up but, here. Uh, what do you think? What are you guys going to do in the draft? I, who cares? We got freaking Andrew Luck. I don't care what wow. they do. We gave away wow. Trent Richardson. You know, well, we got Trent Richardson and gave something up, which I think is stupid, but they're going to keep Trent because they say, oh, he's going to be good, which, by the way, I got his jersey brand new at the store on sale for $2. So, yeah, all right. But, uh, wow. guys, yeah, I know, it's 2 bucks. It's like, whoa, I'm on it. I don't even like the guy, but for 2 bucks, I'm on it. But that's sure. how much nobody likes Trent Richardson around here. But, oh, well, we'll see. But I think it doesn't really matter. I think Andrew Luck is the real deal. He's the next big thing, and I am not worried because, I mean, the guy – Beat Peyton in his own house. 
you know, and then and get this. Indy's first game is with Denver in Denver, and I right. cannot wait for Luck oh, to carve the old fart up. It's going to be great. <laughs> Luck is going to make him look like a chimp because, well, face it, guys, Peyton's another year older. Yeah. Yep. So, oh, it's good. Absolutely. Lucky's my boy now. I've totally, totally moved on. Don't care anything at all about Peyton. You know, it's whatever. He needs to just give it up and start doing car. Well, actually, I think Peyton could still do some pretty big name car, uh, pretty big name commercials for a while before he starts doing local car ads. Oh, sure. But um, yeah, he's and, he and a car wash. There, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, and car washes, and yeah, right. you move on. Yeah, you move on down, move on down. We have a, a boxer, my dad said, was really big in the 60s, and he's from Indianapolis, and now he does, like, like you know, thrift stores and stuff. So, yeah, you just keep on moving down the it's chain. A, it's, you know, it's, it's a living. It's a, well, <laughs> right, like now, a thrift store that buys stuff and resells it, and that's what he peddles. My dad said, you back in the 80s, he did car, uh, car lots. It's like, whoa. But, hey, guys, good talking to you. Yeah, um, Pacers doing great. I can't wait for game awesome. seven. And good luck don't worry with that, about the they're going to be good, and and I I don't know what to tell you with the Mets. Maybe yeah. they should just move them here, and yeah, call it well, then we'll, then we'll definitely come. Elwood, thanks, there you thanks, go. What well, have to do in, something brother. about the name? But yeah, okay. <laughs> hey, good talking to you guys. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks, Elwood. One, two, one, two, three, four. <laughs> Elwood, Let me tell you something. If they moved to Indianapolis and didn't send a letter like that, I'd, I'd be all for that. Yeah. Okay. Be all for that. So now you're moving the team. That's what you, you're so upset about this letter. You're <laughs> moving the Mets. No, 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 no. Listen, last thing I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say about this. All right. I'm not angry about it. I'm not mad. That's amazing. <laughs> I'm not mad. It's, uh, it was a dumb idea. No, no, no. It wasn't a dumb. It was the idea was okay. It was it was executed really poorly. Um, it's not worth the pearl clutching that's been going on. I will I will a hundred percent agree with you on that. It's 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 just it's more fodder for everybody to rile the fans up because they know that that sells in this town. And I'm not upset about it. I'm going to move on from it. When we stop talking about it, I'm not going to care. I'm going to go. I'm going back. To, it's not going to keep me from going to the stadium. It's not going to keep me from supporting the team or rooting for them or being interested in them. I just think it was done poorly. I can understand why people are upset about it, but I don't understand why people are so angry about it. That's, that's where I am on it. Okay. That's, I'm done. That's all, and, and that's all, uh, honestly, Cal, that's all very fair. I mean, th- these are a lot of the things we talked about over the last few days. I think one of the things that you said was uh, you were going to try to explain your point of view, maybe that I didn't understand. I think, uh, I think it's clear now. I, 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 no, I really do, and I'm not, even, I'm not even being, like, you know, snarky or something like that or being a wise-ass. Like, I, I get it. I get where you're coming from. Your your point of view is definitely different than yes, the majority of Met fans. Right. And also the media, you know, when 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 somebody like Adam Rubin is now deciding to tell me the five non-embarrassing ways the Mets can get fans. You know, just dude, save it. Save it. Please save it. 
you know, the, and, and Vaccaro with the, this is an affront and anger and apathy. Yeah, no kidding. We've been saying anger and apathy for a long time. You know, it, that's great. That's not what this was. It's not what this was. And again, as I said before, I signed it. I don't have a problem with it. I'm proud to be a Mets fan. I think that's in great, great. I think you can hate the Wilpons and not like things that Sandy Alderson has done and still love the team. And, and be proud to be a Mets fan and go to games and cheer the team on. See, I think way too often the players on the actual team, who's through no fault of their own, have an owner and ownership that they have, suffer for that with the fan base. Now, I'm not talking about getting booed or whatever. That, that happens. I don't do it, but I understand that. I'm just talking about the general sense of how people feel about the team. I think they, you know, it's not the player's fault that Bernie Madoff was a criminal. It's not. You know, it's, it's not John Neese's fault. You know, like, they, these guys, certain, especially most of them, are working hard and playing hard and trying to be good for the most part. But anyway, they're getting uh, shellacked tonight. Mm. What's the score now? Seven nothing. Good. Bottom of the seventh. Bartolo Colon got uh, knocked around. So, you know, I feel like look, they had a great April, Cal. They went fifteen and eleven in April. Yeah, it was it was almost their best April ever. Yeah, I mean they've only won sixteen games in April twice. So, and that's their high for for a month. I I honestly thought after twenty six games they would be nine and seventeen. I really did. Or 10 and 16, somewhere in there. I really didn't think they'd have double-digit wins by the end of April. I really didn't. I said it on the show after the, the first series of the year. So the fact that they went 15 and 11 is very impressive. And they've done it in fine fashion. They've done it in really, you know, some of the games have been exciting. They've pieced together that bullpen, um, which for the most part has been good to exceptional. Since that first series, mm-hmm. they've, you know, they traded Ike Davis. That was the right thing to do. They moved on from Ike Davis. They still have the problem at shortstop, but I feel like they will resolve it. I feel like because they moved on from Ike Davis, Cal, they will resolve Tejada. I don't know how, when. How are they going to resolve it? I don't know. I don't know. Sending him down, wait, signing Drew once, the, once they don't have to give up a, first round or a, a second round pick for him. Uh, which is apparently what all teams are now waiting for. Um, And all teams are doing that, not just the Mets. That was one... Can I just take one... Can I just pick one bone? Yeah, sure. With Adam Rubin's little five steps to the fan base? Sure. Maybe maybe it was Vaccaro. I got the two pearl-clutching, fainting, oh, I have the vapors about the Mets articles confused. When we started this show four years ago, Ike Davis was going to come up. And they were keeping Ike Davis down. Who, who was keeping him down, by the way, Cal? Um, Omar Minaya. That's right. It wasn't just Sandy Olison. Omar Minaya was trying to keep Ike Davis down to gain a year of arbitration. It's fine. Whatever. But nobody talks about that. It's okay. 
they were trying to keep Ike Davis down for the same reason they're keeping Syndergaard down, the same reason they kept Harvey down, the same reason they kept Wheeler down. They were keeping Ike Davis down, and that was Omar Minaya, who wasn't exactly an Ivy League guy. Okay, so anyway, and I have said this a million times on the show, going crazy about bringing guys up and not paying attention to the arbitration clock and all that stuff. Crazy about it. And now, I, I'm sorry I understand it because of the position they're in now. Because of how much young pitching they have, if it was a position player, I would absolutely agree with it. But keeping, gaining a year of, of arbitration for Harvey, Wheeler, Syndergaard, and Montero is big. Because if these guys all become free agents at one time and, they, and two of the four of them hit, you're going to be out of a lot of money. You'll be out of a lot of money. So if you can stagger them when they get their big paydays, it makes sense. I'm sorry, it makes sense. And one of the guys in their article said, you want to bring fans? Bring up the kids. They don't care about Rule 5s and arbitrations. Hey, look, everybody does. The Red Sox, everybody does. It's not just the Mets. It's not just Moneyball. Everybody does. It's just it's a dumb thing to say now because they're playing well. Well, not only is it a dumb thing to say now because they're playing well like right at this moment. It's, it, it's, it makes so much more sense to do it for the last two years with well, Wheeler and with Syndergaard and with Montero. Yeah, but last year... You were not happy when I know. we're losing I just, I just the month of that. May. I just said that. I've changed my mind. Okay. But they're winning now. But they're 15 and 11. They're not, they're not 20 games over 500. They're not going to be a winning team. No? We know that. I think it's highly unlikely. I think they're going to be a 500 team, hopefully. Because the pitching is not going to do this for the whole year. And I, and I, I want to see Syndergaard, and I want to see Montero. But if you can buy an extra year of arbitration on one of those guys so Harvey, Wheeler, Syndergaard all don't come up at the same time, you're doing something good. That's all I'm saying. I get that. And to say that now you should throw caution to the wind is dumb. It's dumb. It's, you know, it's inflammatory. Well, that's it. Just win, right? Just win. But you know what? Before you can just win, after five years of sucking, you still have to do some promotion. Just don't do crappy promotion. Uh, last thing I, wanted, I just want to talk about with the Mets. Because yeah. on the field, let's talk about on the field. Let's talk I, about the team. I think we started to. Okay, well, then let's continue. <laughs> you are admittedly not buying in just yet. And that's fine. I'm th- I think I am where I was last week, right? Okay. That's fine. I mean, it's it's an April that nobody expected them to have. Yeah. 15 and 11, starting pitching's been great. Team has been exciting to watch at times. A lot of people are buying in. And a lot of people are buying in because they are so starved for a winner for for this team to actually succeed that any little thing that they see 
they're going to jump on. And we've seen this the last couple of years. We saw this in 2012 when they were in in first place in June after the Santana no-hitter. Eight games up. Right? We saw this last year when they had a a pretty decent start to the season. Yeah. Shorter sample size. They were they were four and That's the last time they were four games over five hundred. Right. Um, Until now, because they've been so bad for so long. Whenever something, whenever they have a stretch where they're good, people jump in and buy in. Right. And you're not there yet, and that's fine. What I want to know from you is what will it take for you to buy into this team? I need a bigger sample size of actual on the field play. Okay. So I need I need another month of watching this team and seeing guys day in and day out. Darno, you know, d- has started to hit a little bit, but he's not there yet. Curtis Granderson's still batting 136. Uh, they just got Juan Lagares back tonight. Is that going to be the outfield? Or are they going to do this dopey, ridiculous outfield rotation, uh, which just makes zero sense? Sounds like he backed off of that today. Yeah, or are they just going to play uh, Chris Young, Lagares, and Granderson? and sub in Eric Young one or two days a week, maybe against a tough righty. Um, I need to see more of the staff. You know, they pitched so well. So well. And we knew that the starting staff would be great. But, you know, when is Carlos Torres' arm going to fall off? You know, when are you going to stop getting a quality inning out of Kyle Farnsworth? You know, there's so much that's teetering on the brink. And do you add an arm to that? Do you add DeGrom? At some point. So i got to see that. I need another month. You know, David Wright has one home run and like 13 RBIs. Like, I need him to start hitting for power and go on one of his streaks. He's a streak hitter. He always has been. Um, You know, Lucas Duda is now the first baseman every day. How does that play out? Is he an everyday major league first baseman? You know, he's been passable since the trade. You know, is he an everyday for there's there there are still way too many question marks for me to buy into this team as a competitive team. Uh, I need another month. Okay. I'm a, I'm asking for another month. What about you? I think that they might be good. Well then, I'm not sure. I yet. just uh, I'm not sure yet. I'm not I'm I'm not. I have not done a cannonball into the pool of Mets. The Met pool? The Met pool. Is that, is that a better way to say That's it? That's probably a better way to say it. The pool of Mets. I just envisioned like, like all of them. Like Hernandez and Darling just like, like in this big pool. Uh, and you're like, cannonball. And, and they're like, no. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, Bobby Abreu just like, I th- help. <laughs> I, think, I think that the pitching has been great. And when the pitching starts to not be great, it will presumably like, happen. Like, like tonight? Like it's want to do. Because just just by sheer market correction, they can't be this good. Whoa, whoa, whoa. That was, all... whoa, whoa. Easy, Point Dexter. Take it easy. What? What now? By sheer what? Hey, listen, geek. All right, take your fancy... Take my BABIP and my and my F-whip take take somewhere. your BABIP and your FWIP plus and you know your your F WAR and FU and go take it. I get lambasted around these parts for those. What? You're right. It's absolutely right. The market correction will be there. Absolutely. That's what I'm looking for. Yeah. 
Um, my spreadsheet tells it was, me that. It was, it was perfectly said. And we, get a, and we get a little clue as to what you do for a living. <laughs> PJ, yeah. write that down. What, you know what I do for a living? I, I, I work up net stats on my Excel <laughs> when I should be doing reports or something. No, my, 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 point, my point of that was that when what they've done is they've created this, this reservoir of pitching that's, that's really deep and is seasoning right now. And by the time they're going to need to call in reinforcements, they're going to have the reinforcements. That's a good call. I understand that. That's I, feel, call. I feel good about that. I feel good about the fact that if Bartolo Colon blows up literally and figuratively now, now by June. See, but you're not Mike Puma. That's why you can say that. I can say that. Yeah. You're teasing. Um, it's a joke because if that happens, they have one of a slew of arms they could bring up to, to replace him. You know, God forbid something happens to one of the pitchers that they get hurt. You know, knock on wood, but they've got plenty of guys to come in. It's not like they have to scrape the bottom of the barrel for a, uh, you know, a, a journeyman guy that's been cut by four teams in the last two years. Right. No, they're, I mean, they're going to pitch and they have replacements. I, my thing is, are they going to hit enough? I and, just don't know if they're going to hit enough consistently. And, and, do, and do you believe, I know the answer to this, but I'm going to ask you anyway. Do you believe if they get to the beginning of July or the middle of July and they're in the wild card hunt, that they will make an impact trade for a bat to add to this lineup. Second part of that, if they do make that trade... <laughs> Follow-up. RT Sports, follow-up. Um, I'm, I'm going to want you to take the first part and then the follow-up to that is where are they going to make that... Where are they going to put that player if you believe that's going to happen? I do believe that they... Would, if they are in the wild card hunt, they're a few games over 500. They're there. I believe they would try to make a trade for an impact bat, and I believe it probably comes uh, in the outfield. Um. Okay. So then, what do they do with their outfield right now? You're you're going under the you know the the supposition that Juan Lagares, Chris Young, and Curtis Granderson and Eric Young are going to continue to be the answer. We know that Curtis Granderson's not going anywhere. We hope that Juan Lagares becomes the – he just doubled in a run, by the way. We hope that he becomes the – keeps the mantle as the everyday center fielder and becomes that. I think your guy there that's amorphous is Chris Young and left field. I don't know. It might be first base, Cal. I don't know. You know, but I, look, the obvious place would be shortstop. That's the hardest place to, to but get you're an not, impact you're bat, not, though. Yeah, you're not going to get, you know, Troy Tulowitzki unless you're giving up Noah Syndergaard, which you're not going to do. So I, I do think they would make the trade. I don't know where the bat would be. I really don't. Okay. Well, I guess we're no, going to find so. out. All right, let's go, let's go quickly here through a couple of things. And then um, – and, and I, I really do want to talk about Sterling, uh, Donald. John? <laughs> I never, ever – want to talk about John Sterling, ever. Not, not, not ever. Uh, but I, uh, the, the Rangers moved on. Yeah, seven-game series, great series. Great series. Are you now comfortable being a Penguins fan? No. I'm, I am going to comfortably watch this series from afar, not rooting for either team. Very good, sir. The Nets of Brooklyn 
find themselves and you know I'm I'm teetering on becoming a Nets fan. I don't know why. Because they're in Brooklyn. I never had a my huge love from the for the Knicks was twenty years ago. Okay. I haven't watched and liked the Knicks since probably nineteen ninety nine. That's not true. Maybe five five years ago, I guess. I don't know. But Phil Jackson. I don't see myself becoming a Nets fan as meaning I hate the Knicks, though. It's not like the other teams in New York. I feel like I can root for both, but be a Nets fan. I feel like I'd need a bigger basketball fan to explain that to me. Like, can you do that? Is, is, is Knicks-Nets like Islanders-Rangers and yeah, Knicks Yankees? Probably, and, we'd probably have to call somebody in for that. That's a specialist. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> They're very expensive, though. They're very, very expensive. They're time. Yeah. They're like two, three hundred dollars an hour. Yeah, it's like an expert witness. Yeah, you got to pay for their car. You pay for <laughs> they're gonna want lunch. And they're and they're just calling in, and we have to pay for their car. Right. We're just, <laughs> just calling into the show. Why are we getting you a town car? No, I um I I am teetering with the Nets. Then maybe he'll maybe he'll tell me I'll have to go all in with the Nets. I might be comfortable with that. Look, well, the, but, but, but that's, also, that's also tied to the impending Islanders move. That's correct. And also the, the Nets, whatever basketball, re, will remain a distant fourth to the other three sports. I mean, distant. Right. Uh, but I really kind of want them to win this series. See, they took a shot at the big brother in town, and it was great. Who is the Nets marketing guy? The Mets should hire him. But he works for the Nets. And the Mets don't have the money to pay him to come work for them. There it is. Did you see what their slogan was for the playoffs? Uh, The boys are back in town. No. (laughs) Was that just a guess? Didn't go with that one? (laughs) The boys are back in town. Why would they dust off a 40-year-old Thin Lizzy song when half half their roster is from the Celtics? (laughs) That makes zero sense. Look at I. Well, I guess I won't work for the Mets either. You should go work for the Mets. Maybe I could get that job. That would be the Mets slogan for the Subway Series. The boys are back in town. Wait, what? They never left town. They're playing the Yankees right next door this is the worst no it was um, if you want to see playoff basketball in New York you got to go to Brooklyn it's a very literal slogan though but it's such a shot at the Knicks it is it is a great shot at the Knicks oh I love it I really kind of want them to win this series okay I do I just, I just want to say that because I feel like I may, if they do, watch a game or two in the next round. I'm going to say it. Right. I, I don't like Jason Kidd, though. He's tough, he's tough to root for. Really tough to root for. Darren Williams. And what is he wearing on the sidelines? Can we talk about this? What is he wearing? He's wearing a suit. No tie. He's not wearing a suit. It's a suit. Look, it looks very looks thrown like- together. Very thrown together. He looks like me, circa 1997, post-college, like going to like a banquet. 
where I have like I have like a pair of you know chinos, and then I have a sports jacket that's not really a sports jacket. It's actually like a suit coat from my one suit, and then I have like a dress shirt on. None of it matches. None of it came together. He's the last guy who shops at chess. <laughs> Exactly right. <laughs> Jason Kidd's wardrobe tonight is provided by Chess. 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 We're still open. <laughs> We're still here. <laughs> that's, 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 their, that's their slogan. <laughs> and also, the boys are back in town. <laughs> Those are their two slogans. All right, anyway, that's enough of it. Uh, I do want to see the Nets win the next series. Or go get to the next series. Okay. Uh, what, what else you got? The Islanders made a huge trade today. Yeah. And I got to say, like, just two seconds on this. I wanted to get, I, I think I know your opinion of it. You seemed a little more, what's the word? Cautious? Yeah. My brother, Scott, the Islander fan, also just Scott, uh, loved, loved it. I loved it. I thought it was like a really good, bold, worthwhile risk that Snow took. You know what I was reminded, though, Cal? I totally forgot this. They did this with Airloff. Yes, they did, and I had, they lost. And I had, but I had forgotten that. Howie, another Islander fan, my buddy Howie, said, oh, just like Airloff. And I was like, they didn't trade for Airloff. They just made him a huge offer. He's like, yes, they did. You're wrong. And I looked it up, and I said, I apologize. You're absolutely right. But they traded for him on June 28th. Right. So they only left themselves three days. This time, they're leaving themselves two months of exclusive negotiating window. The only thing, and, and I like the trade. I think it's a great risk. My thing is, and perhaps you could shed some insight in, into this, why would a guy who's two months from unrestricted free agency, just, just his thought process, why would he sign a long-term deal with a team that he knows nothing about when he's so close to being able to kind of just test the water and see what he's worth? Right. And we should say who we're talking about. <laughs> I, I don't think that's important. No. He's a goalie. It's a contest. He plays in the... <laughs> Send us an email if you know who we're talking about. Stand up, Islander fans. He'll only play better if you support him. That's you don't know his name. But blind support, that's what we want. We are all Islanders. All right, tell, tell who is it? Halak. Yaroslav Halak. Yaroslav Halak. Very, very good goalie, 28 years old, entering his prime. Uh, they make the trade with the Capitals. They get exclusive negotiating rights. Here's why, Bri. Here's why he would sign. First of all, it's two months. He's not three days away from it. He's not even seen another offer. The Islanders can offer max years, max contract, and... It's a good situation. Starting job promised to him. He doesn't have to compete. He doesn't have to do anything. It's his job. And, and I think they will sell this. You know, a year ago, they were in the playoffs. This year, they had a terrible year, and a lot of it was because of goaltending. I think they sell John Tavares and Kyle Poso and the young core and basically sell him on, we're goaltender away. You know, but it's money in years, money in years, Cal. They'll offer him, they should offer him a lot of money and a number of years. 
That's fine. I, I, I was a little concerned tonight when I saw Garth Snow's comments that they're looking for another goalie, too. <laughs> yeah, well, so... Hedging his bets. I guess, I guess I get the point, though. Like he said, we, you know, we don't have any under contract right now. It's probably smart to have more than one. And also, keep looking around, um, you know, to see just in case you don't get a deal done. But I read, you know, very a number of reports that said the agent and the Islanders had spoken. He's very interested in signing a long-term deal with the Islanders. Um, and they're moving to Brooklyn in a year now, Bri. It's there. Right. It's not three years away. It's there. This is their last season in the Nassau Coliseum. So I think it was a good, worthwhile... And also they said they were going to be aggressive. Garth Snow said, hey, it's on me. I took a passive approach. It didn't work. I need to be aggressive. And the right... You know, Gallif said this today. The writing's on the wall for Garth Snow. The team's either going to be traded. I mean, not traded. The team's either going to be They're sold. They're going to trade the whole team. They're going to trade the whole team. In an unprecedented move. <laughs> but he, he's the one that makes the trades. <laughs> right. He's trading the entire team. He would be the first general manager in the history of professional sports to be able to trade an entire team. Because what's the saying, Cal? You can't trade the team. Right. You have to you have to fire the manager. Well, not in this case. Not in this case. <laughs> he's got he's got rid of them all. Jack Capuano stays, the team has been traded. <laughs> no, he's the writing's on the wall. And Galoff is absolutely right. The team is either going to be sold and Garth's going to need to put up some results or Wong is moving into the Barclays Center and they're actually going to start making money and he's going to have money to spend and Garth Snow is going to have to put up results. So the honeymoon's over for Garth Snow, definitely. I don't believe that, but okay. But Cal, if the team is sold, how is the honeymoon not over for Garth Snow? Well, if the team is sold, yes. Right. That's true. If the team moves to Barclays and starts making money, and Charles Wong starts making money instead of losing it, is he not going to want a winning team? I think that changes Garsno's appointment for life as general manager. Right. Well, well yeah, that, that remains to be seen. But yeah, we'll, we'll jump off that bridge when we get to it. If they, if they start the season with Halak and goal, I, I'll be very happy. I'll be ecstatic. Yeah, I totally agree. He's a, he's a game-changing goalie. He's a premier goalie in his prime. Okay, let's get to Donald Sterling real quick and, uh, and bring PJ back in here. Bishop, big donut. Um, this story is, is really fascinating to me. And I'm going to throw this out there right off the bat. And just, I'm just going to say it. I find, obviously, his comments and the tape abhorrent. They're clearly, that's clearly somebody who, if they're not a racist, is pretty racist. (laughs) (laughs) What does that mean? But it's a slippery slope to ban him for life from a private conversation. That took place in this house. Now, even if he knows he's being recorded and it makes its way into the public domain, it is a slippery slope. And I felt it was too much. And I know why he did it. And knowing why Silver did it, it's not too much. Is that possible? Can I say that? He did it because of money. Who did it because of money? Silver has to ban him for life, ha- has to take that grand action 
for two reasons. One is monetary. Once the sponsors start lining up during the playoffs to leave and, you know, and, and there, there's like a three-page list of sponsors that are backing out because of Donald Sterling, you have to ban him for life. You have to. You have to take the most, the biggest step possible because it's, it's financial. And the other one is the players. You don't want your biggest stars to not actually have a franchise they won't go play for and a person they won't go play for. And so they, I know Silver had to take the action he did. I still feel like it's a slippery slope here. Like, what are we going to start doing? Are we going to start taking phone conversations that people didn't know were being recorded or a conversation and an argument in somebody's house that they didn't right. know was being recorded and all, hold all that DMZ against them? becomes admissible. Right. That's right. Like, this wasn't, this wasn't Marge Schott doing an interview with the Cincinnati Inquirer and saying Hitler she wasn't a bad was guy. was a delight. Come on. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> this, is not, this is not that. So I just, it's a slippery slope. And then, you know what? And I have to bring this up, too, because it's fascinating to me. And, Paige, I'm sure, I'm sure you read about this as well. Guys, I'm, uh, sure both you guys, I'm sure both of you guys read about this as well. Never put your money on me reading. <laughs> you know what about things like Jay-Z and 5% Nation or Carmelo Anthony wearing you know a medallion for 5% Nation which is not really a great website for white people <laughs> you know it's it's sort of I don't know if reverse racism I mean racism is racism right yeah so you know is that okay or is that not to be – and again, that's something that they're doing in their private – well, Jay-Z is not an owner anymore. He had to get – right? He had to divest himself of the Nets. Right. But is, is, that, is that okay? That's something that they're doing in their private life. They're wearing a medallion in the locker room. You know? That's, that's his personal beliefs. Mm-hmm. Is that okay? I guess what's different about it is that they're not in a position to hire and fire people. Right. Sure. But, it, but, it, but again, I'm not saying that Carmelo Anthony should be banned for life for wearing that. Right. I'm saying, though, that's making a statement that's, if you read the 5% Nation website, not great. That that is not punishable or sanctionable or whatever. So when, where, do, where do we draw the line? Peach, isn't there a congress uh, a congressperson that they're trying to get kicked out now from a phone conversation? The, um, the, well, I don't know about that. Uh, you, you, a phone conversation? Yeah, or some or something like that. Something like a recorded conversation that they didn't know that was made in like a house, like in their house or in the privacy of their own home, where they used the N word, and it was recorded, and now they're trying to get the person out. Oh yeah, that's that's some small ball. Um... State, you know, local politics. It's not national. Right. But, but my point is, should that person be ousted for using that word in, in their home? Right. I don't, well, I I don't know. I don't, guys, I don't know what the answer is. I'm just ask, asking you what is the I think where silver, silver can't lose here because even if it is 
something that can, you know, if, if, if he brings a lawsuit and uh, the ban gets reversed, um, the timing of it was was really well done. Right. You know, he didn't he didn't hem and haw and and he didn't wait. He just you know brought the hammer down. You're banned, and we'll deal with whether or not that's legal and enforceable later. Yeah. No, that's uh, true. It actually was important to do that. Swift and immediate action was important. Yeah, because the players. Yeah. I mean, Golden State was going to boycott their own game. Right. You know, like, and that it, night, it, it, Yeah, it, they were they it, were going to not play that night. The public confidence issue going on there. You know, not just sponsors. Yes. Right. I, 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 Cal, Cal, do you think that there's – so do you – I think we all agree with the lifetime ban. I mean I think that had to happen, right? I think so. Can they force him to sell that team? I mean I know they can with the, with the 75% and, but yeah, well, what do he, you think of that, Cal? If the, if the rest of the owners want him to sell the team, then yeah, of course they can. Yeah, I'm, but the the 75% thing, it, it's like they didn't know about it. <laughs> like, like, like reading the by, like a lot of the owners are like reading the bylaws like, wait, wait, what's that now? About oh, they can, they can, they, they what know. What can happen to me? I know, but I, I, I'm teasing, but it, it sounded like, it sounded like when he whipped that one out, he was like, other owners are like, what, what's that now? You can take the team away for, wait, what? <laughs> what, you know what, the most interesting thing about it to me is that they want, um, they won't allow another family member to run the team. They right. They want the team to be sold completely from the family. Right. Which is interesting. So my buddy Marcus today at work, great basketball fan. Marcus comes and he goes, here's what I do if I'm Sterling. I go to the league and I say, I want a billion dollars for the team. Right. Or I'm going to sell it to my son for a dollar. <laughs> That's it. I'm going to sell it to my son for a dollar. Other, or I, you want me to sell and you want it out of my family? Billion dollars for the team. And I'm like, I, I, all I know, all I was thinking today about Donald Sterling was like, this guy's been a scumbag for a long time. I mean, I hate to use that word. I, I don't, fine, I take it back. It, no, I, no, no, like you, know what, you know what? <laughs> I, you know what? I don't take it back. I, I, we've known about this guy for years. There's the famous Sports Illustrated article about how he's the worst professional owner, you know, worst owner of a professional sports team and the slumlord stuff. And I used to live in Los Angeles. This guy's been a jerk for a really long time, really long time. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if you can. It's just a slippery slope. But if I was if I was him, I would fight it legally and I would spend every penny that I had. Because who cares? My, he's, been, he's separated from his wife, right? She's about to go through a divorce. Every penny I spend on my legal fees is one less penny she gets. That's it. Like, I could see him... Not that I'm saying that's right. Like, that's really, like, an awful thing to do. But I could see him being that guy. You know, not to... And I, I, not to cast a Paul on this whole thing. But how, about I don't a, know if, how about a George of a Ringo? Sorry. I can't pass that up. I'm, uh, I can't. It's I terrible, did, I, and I can't. I did just hand that to you. You really? That was bumped that Stop spike. the show. Stop the show right now. <laughs> PJ just pulled the emergency brake on the show. 
Break glass if emergency. <laughs> Break glass. PJ just if... parachuted right off a podcast. I didn't know you could do that. <laughs> PJ just broke the glass on the pun <laughs> emergency break. <laughs> uh, well, well, now how do I how how do I follow that that up with with serious news? But it's I mean it's serious in that the the latest on Donald Sterling is that he has cancer. Oh come on. Yeah. That just came out a couple of hours ago. Well, I certainly... Well, you know what's... I certainly what, don't know what to make of that news. What's, what's crazy about it... So here I am calling him a scumbag, and you didn't even stop me. Oh, and, well, you, and you knew about the cancer. I don't think one has to do with the other. Oh, that's true. But well, if you're a scumbag, eh, you're a scumbag. What's, what's crazy to me, though, is that it, it's very similar to what happened with Joe Paterno. Right. Right. All of, all of a sudden, he, he story broke, and then right after that, he's sick. Yep. Wow. You know? So yeah. I wa- it, it's funny. Not funny, but it's just strange to me. Isn't that ironic? Don't you think? That's, yeah. That's in the next version of the song. Or is that just the first page in a playbook of cheesy legal defense? Oh, I like where your head's at. Let's, Pete, Let's Pete go through Watson. your list of diseases you've been dealing with for years, and we'll just put them out there. Hey, you PJ. know he's a diabetic. <laughs> he's had rickets twice. <laughs> you know what? You know what doesn't build a lot of sympathy? Scurvy. Ed. <laughs> he, did. he said he's had erectile dysfunction. <laughs> I mean, a lot for a bunch of. Did you see his ex-girlfriend? A lot, which which could explain why she recorded his phone conversation yeah, and correct. looked to bring him down. Well, she. I mean, she. Who is she? Who is who is this person? I don't know. Is she somebody no one important? I find it really sort of odd that. He's separated from his wife. They're not fully divorced. And he's outwardly dating this girl who's, what, 50 years his junior. And, like, just it's like his wife's at the games and he's at the games. And they're on other sides of the arena at the Staples Center. And he's there with the girlfriend. Like, what, 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 what? It's classy. What's going on? He's very classy. You stay classy. Hey, Peach. I do have a uh, – you watch a lot of procedurals, don't you? <laughs> I like the way you just came up with his defense there. You sounded a little like Vincent D'Onofrio. In fact, I wonder what Vincent D'Onofrio – if you were to impersonate Vincent D'Onofrio saying that, what would it sound like? I wonder. <laughs> I was trying to do Fat Albert. That's what that's what I was leading. I you thought to. that was Vincent D'Onofrio. That was Vincent D'Onofrio. It sounded like. Hey hey hey! What does Cal's LinkedIn page say? <laughs> what in the world was that? <laughs> D'Onofrio used to use uh, LinkedIn pages all the time. Oh, is that, that true? Was, uh, that was like his thing. No, that's not. That's it was his thing. That was the way he solved crimes on Special Victims Unit. Talk about a weird actor. Gosh, I like him, though. D'Onofrio, very good actor. Yeah, just so odd. I had an audition once uh, for 
uh, that Law and Order for what was that SVU? He was he was on or was he Criminal Intent? Criminal Intent. I guess it was Criminal Intent. SVU was Maloney. Maloney, my, my boy, big Jet fan. Um, really? Yes. Maybe. Um, Maybe so that's why you didn't impress them, because you went in and told them it was the wrong show. <laughs> hey, I always wanted to be on Law and Order Sesame Street. It's good stuff. So I, uh, and I, I had Law and Order Sesame Street. Dun, 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 dun. There's Big Bird there with, like, glasses, the badge, like, hanging off the feathers. No, Big Bird would wear it as a like a necklace, right? He would wear the necklace badge, <laughs> like Bert and Ernie, or like you know, like Bells are in Ice Tea. Law Order Sesame Street. <laughs> oh, Bert, it's a body. <laughs> no, it's a body. Was that was that, was that D'Onofrio doing Bert? That's correct. Yes. The question is, who did it earn? Hey. Hey, Bert. There's a body. (laughs) (laughs) I can't even tell this audition story anymore. Forget it. (laughs) (laughs) Snuffle up against the beat cop. I'll canvas the neighborhood. There are one, two dead bodies on the streets. (laughs) Hi-ho, bullet casings over here. (laughs) Are there cookies at the crime scene? Me, me, me thinks he left a trail of cookies. <laughs> oh boy! That was the show you auditioned for. Well, order Correct. It was the one where Mr. Super Grover. It was was the one. It was the one where Mr. Hooper got whacked. <laughs> oh boy! Oof. Okay, we should probably just wrap up the show. That should just, that should just probably <laughs> that, that should that should take it home. Um, we're good. Yeah, I think we're good. Yep, I think we're good. Uh, Peach, um, are you uh, are you going to be there? We, we should mention that you can get the show uh, in iTunes in podcast form tomorrow. <laughs> and um, Peach, one more. Nah, I'm not even going to. I'll save it for next week. Are you going to be there next week? Sixty four. To seventy-one percent, yes. So confusing. <laughs> what affects the percentage, <laughs> and how often does it change? What is that? What is that one percent <laughs> that makes it seventy-one instead of seventy? I'm just going with what the odds makers gave me. I called it in. <laughs> Look, it's Vegas, baby. That's right. <laughs> now, now I'm Kojak. Because <laughs> it's Vegas, baby. <laughs> who, lo- who loves you? What you was the lo- name of his famous club? The play- was it Players Club? The Players Club. Players Club. The Players Club. Well, of course, Saturday Night Live had the greatest 
sketch with that, with Hartman, the players with your self club. <laughs> <laughs> and Hartman playing Telly Savalas, the players with your self club. Free towels, baby. <laughs> you can have a room for 30, 25, or let's face it, five minutes. The players, <laughs> the players with your self club. Um, my grandmother loved, loved Telly Savalas, loved them. Loved, I used to that's have to gener- watch that Yeah, show. that's a generational thing. I, I used to have to watch of, that uh... show all the time. I feel like if they would have replaced Telly on Sesame Street with Telly Savalas, that would have been much more successful. True. He was a Muppet who never really hit. It would have just been... He never took off. Muppets everywhere, and then Telly Savalas in the middle of it. How is, uh... How... Meeting out justice. <laughs> on Sesame Street. Dun 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 dun. La la la. Oh dun 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 dun. <laughs> the streets of Sesame Street are overrun with criminals. <laughs> the streets of Sesame Street. The streets of Sesame Street. It's not the best, the worst narrator ever. Um, <laughs> all right. I sell crack. Okay, we'll uh, we'll see you next week for the live joint podcast with TurnOnTheJets.com. Uh, uh, Joe Caparoso and his fine writing staff there will all be on hand. Please come down if you're in the New York City area. Come watch the draft with us. We're going to do this. We're going to do this. Well, maybe not this. Eh, probably not this, but it'll be, it'll be fun. It's going to be a great time. Uh, craft beer provided by uh, – and, of course, you have to buy that. That's not free. Joe, Joe and his podcast made it sound like we were going to be giving out cups of it. No, it's going to be featured there that night. It's a regular night out. Um, you know, just come down, watch the draft. We're going to be at Five uh, Milestone up on 2nd Avenue and 85th Street, 1642nd Avenue. 8 o'clock to, you know, 10, 30, 11, whenever the Jets pick. And whenever we run out of gas. Uh, craft brews will be provided by Gun Hill Brewery Company. Uh, seriously, guys, it's going to be... A, Really awesome time. Jay Mafali is going to be doing the sound for us. Um, and uh, Peach, uh hopefully you can be there. Hopefully the 71% kicks in. We are the 71%. Um, I, may write, slogan I, may write, I may write an open letter to you reminding you that you're a fan of RTU. Uh, no, but seriously, uh, if you're in the New York City area, please come down. Thanks to Elwood for the call. And um, guys, let's do this. PJ, final unload. Okay. The Joe Namath Rapid Cooker. An infrared rapid cooker. It looks like it's made for tailgating. It comes with a, uh, a flimsy little stand so you can put your, your, your tray on it. And it's got a, uh, a travel cover bag. So what do you think this costs? I'll give you, I'll give you uh, multiple choice. Is it one hundred dollars with everything, one fifty, or five hundred dollars? <laughs> the Joe Namath cooker. By the way, it holds two steaks. Cal. Any guesses? Five hundred dollars, obviously. I'm here to say five hundred dollars as well. <laughs> the answer is five hundred dollars. I like, you totally do, you gave do that get away. A towel that says, 
It comes with a red towel that says Namath. Well, that's worth it. Obviously. Yeah. Uh, the apron's extra. Hey, my birthday's coming up, guys. Cal, final unload. Well, there's my final unload. Happy birthday, Steve. <laughs> Ruined. Thank you. And my final unload is, I'm going to once again implore anybody who's in the New York City area that has any interest in watching the draft and whatever hockey games on that night and basketball game, uh, definitely come down to Five Milestone for this event. And I want to just thank uh, Joe Caparoso from TurnOnTheJets.com and my buddy Dave Lopez, one of the owners of Gunhill Brewery, uh, for being so great about putting this together. Go patronize their stuff. Go read TurnOnTheJets.com. It's the best Jets website on the web. And Gunhill Brewery is going to be in a lot of bars in the New York City area. Go check them out. Go to their websites. We'll see you next week. Cal. Dun, dun. Come down next week and wish Sam Pete a happy birthday in person. Sure. You Please. Can He's going to be 78 years old. Rocky <laughs> baby! I found a hooker!